there really is nothing better than a redone master suite, right? You know what I'm saying, right? You guys fix your upper fans, yes? All right, we'll all be binge watching that this afternoon. Sorry, dudes, about that. Um, uh, you know, listen, you don't have to be a fixer upper fan uh, to know that we actually all love uh, seeing restoration. We love seeing restoration stories. So you, you might not be like a fixer upper fan of, of, of homes being restored, but maybe you like cars being restored, or you really value like antiques being restored. You know, they had this former beautiful glory, and then they've lost it. They've lost their shine and luster, and then you go and you work on it. And, and in fact, many of us have, will have passion projects, right? Where we'll, we'll be working on something to, to bring it back from where it was, right? It lost its value. It lost its worth. It lost maybe even its usefulness. And then we work really hard on it and we get to see it become the thing that it once used to be. So we love pictures and stories of restoration. And we love that because deep down, you were made to be a restorer. You were made to actually be a restorer. Now, you may not be like Chip Joe Gaines. That may not be your thing. Maybe your thing's not fixing up cars. I know if, you know, if there was, there, I don't, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not handy at all. If anybody asked me to restore something, I'd be like, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do that for you. I don't, I, don't have the, I don't have the skill set. But every one of us is actually called and we've got it literally in, injected into our DNA that when you follow and come into connection and relationship with Jesus, Part of who you are, your identity has become to become a restorer, to one who restores, right? So we're in this series called Becoming, and we went into the cocoon of the quarantine, right? Separated from the world, uh, distanced from everyone, that, and, and kind of even the normalcy of life. And we've gone into a little bit of a cocoon, and as the world begins to open up, what we want to do is make sure that we pay attention to those things, those lessons that we were learning uh, in that moment as God was putting his finger uh, in this moment, trying to press into some of those things. And we talked a little bit uh, corporately about what the Lord is doing, but this series is about asking, okay, we went into this place of hiddenness, but we're kind of emerging in this moment. Lord, what do you want to do in our lives? As we emerge from the cocoon of the quarantine, so to speak, what are we becoming? And one of these ironclad declarations we'll see from Scripture is you are becoming a restorer. Look in your Bibles at 2 Corinthians Chapter five, we're gonna start at verse 16. If you're with us online and you've come to our live stream through our website, there is literally a button right there you can click on the Bible as you watch and follow along in the word of God, even on your screen. So we want you to be able to do that. First Corinthians chapter five, verse 16. From now on, therefore, when the garden, no one according to the flesh even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And, now this is the important part, and he gave us, the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message 
of reconciliation. Look at verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. And even as I say that, as we read that, therefore God has made us ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through me. Let's make it personal. When he says us, he's not just mean just generally, but each of us individually. We implore you then on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now here is the core message. This is the message. Verse 21, maybe one of the most powerful texts in the entire word of God. For our sake, God made his son to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Powerful. So this truth, you feel the weight of the beauty of God doing this work of reconciliation. What is that work? That Christ Jesus was made to be sin, to take it all, to become, literally to become sin, so that we could become the righteousness. So we could step out in life, be restored and reconciled, right? There's, there's, and there's so much in this text. We only have just a couple of things we can bore into this morning just to try to pull from. But there's two really core things I, I want to pull out. And number one, the text is here saying, listen, in Christ, you have been restored. You have been restored, right? The, the way that the scripture talks about this, you've been reconciled, meaning we were made totally in God's image, right? This is the central message of the gospel. We were made in God's image total, with total purpose, incredible intent and design to be totally free in our lives as sons and daughters, right? No shame, no fear ruling over our lives, completely full of peace and joy, no sickness, no disease, no hatred, no racism, no injustice, no evil anywhere. This was the design from the beginning, but sin entered and destroyed it all. It tore the whole thing down. We were fully separated from God. There is no peace full of shame, fear everywhere, fighting for any scrap of joy we could possibly find, dealing with sickness and disease, living in a world of hate and injustice. What had been originally designed had been lost or broken. We were lost. We were broken. But God, rich in love, rich in love, in mercy and kindness, what did he do? He paid the ultimate price and restored us to what we were once first meant to be. The, the reconciliation that God did is to say that original intent and design in Christ, he gave us all of it able to step back into the former glory, like, right? Like a 67 Mustang that's been broken down, right? This amazing thing, but broken, ugly, beat up, 
and then totally restored, right, to new glory. We've seen the pictures here in this life, or whether maybe it's an old table that's been soiled and warped, and it had former glory, but it, got, it was broken and lost and nasty and grimy, and God did this work of reconciling, taking us back to our former glory, literally saying, the old has gone and the new has come. The old has passed away, reconciled, restored. This is the message of the gospel. That's what God is declaring over us. We were taken and we were made whole. God removed all of the broken stuff and he made us something brand new. But it doesn't stop there. It says, I've done this work in you, but there's the second piece to this and here's what it is that as a restored people, we become restorers. We aren't just restored. It's powerful. It's beautiful. It's amazing. But church, listen, you are a restorer. You and I have been made new so that we can help others be made new. This is the point, right? What God has done for you and what God is doing in you has qualified us to now become restorers for others. That's what we're called to be. And even as we emerge and we are becoming, Lord's saying, hey, it's time to step out as a restorer, bringing people into that place of reconciliation, right? And even as we do that, and that sounds awesome, that sounds great, that preach is really good. But if you knew my life, I don't have any business restoring anything. I feel like I'm still a mess. There's a whisper that goes on. As I, as I look at you, as surely as I look at you and say that God is saying, this is, this, these aren't my words. These are the words of the king of the universe. And he's looking into each one of us intently to say, you are a restorer. It's who you are we'll hear this whisper that says, you don't have any business doing that. In what way do you think you got your life lined up so that you might be able to be a restorer? And there's this conflict comes in. And there's really two reasons we'll hear this whisper. Number one is you actually haven't been restored yet. Meaning you might've heard about God. You know some good things about God. You might've spent some time in Sunday school. You know some things about Jesus, but you have never actually experienced the power of saying, God, come and restore me and make me new. Change what is old and broken and give me new life. I want you over my life. There is a real and true exchange where God says, I'm going to declare over you and make you new. This is what he's doing. It's what he does for us. That is his purpose and plan, right, over our lives. And so if you're hearing, it's possible, maybe you've never asked the Lord, and you, here's, the, here's the good news. Right now in this moment, you could say, God, please have mercy, restore me, make me new. And God is faithful to do it even in a moment right now, can come to you. You might be with us online right now, and you can say, God, I want you to restore the thing that was broken, all of the mess from my past, all of the things that have made me, made me feel like I'm completely at a distance from you, and God will do it in a moment. You can ask him that, to, to do that, and he'll do it. He's faithful to do that. But there's... A second reason you may be hearing that, and that's this, 
And this is what many of us experience, that you without question have asked Jesus to come into your life and do the work of reconciliation, making us right with the Father, restoring the former thing that we were meant to have. But there's an ongoing lie. There's an ongoing whisper in the ear that's saying, yeah, but you're still that gross, grimy, messy house. You can hear from the pastor and the preacher, or you can even read the words that you've been restored, but you are still a mess. And there's this war going on saying, you can't be a restorer until you get some stuff straight. You're still that broken down car. You're still that old piece of antique that's never going to get off the shelf. We'll hear those lies over and over and over again. And until we actually believe in the restoration, until we actually believe that we've been reconciled, until we look at the truth of what God's word says rather than what we often feel, we'll continue to believe this lie and miss out on what it means to actually become a restorer. Church, it's time to to believe the truth of God's word over what we often feel to believe. I have been restored. It's who I am. It's what he's done. I can't do anything to change the power of what God did. I have been restored. Therefore, I am a restorer. I've been restored. We got to believe by the power of what God says, being more than what we often feel in our hearts. I have been restored. Therefore, I am a restorer. That's what I do. It's who I am. And we believe it and step into it. Time for us to begin to believe the truth over the lie or we'll never step out into his plan and purpose over our lives. And so here's the question. Here's the question. How do we bring restoration to others? That's, it, it sounds good and it preaches good that we're called to be restorers, but what does it actually look like? How do we actually step into seeing our lives as restorers and repairers, ministers of reconciliation? What does that look like? What does that mean? I just have a, a couple of things I want to highlight, and then we'll, we'll close out our time together. A couple of things. Number one, it's time to, to begin to choose to see people differently. The word, actually, the word of God's saying, we got to begin to see things differently. Verse, if you go back to verse 16, it says, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. This, listen, this is such a powerful word, even in this moment, in our, in our nation, in our world right now, where God is looking and saying, the way that we look at mankind or even the people around us is no longer according to the flesh. We don't look at people based on the external. We don't look at people based on what they have or haven't done. Right now, there's this massive, like, Wait, and of course, it feels like the Lord's faithfully pressing his finger on this issue of, of racial reconciliation in our nation right now. He's driving into it. And this is where the church is meant to rise up. I want you to hear this. If we're going to get the race thing right in our nation, it will be because, be because the church stood up, because there is no reconciliation apart from the power of the gospel. And so God's pressing in on this thing. And if, if I could just be honest, if we could push past even some of the uh, 
all, all the pundits and the stuff that you'll hear uh, in the news and on CNN and Fox News and all those places, if you could press, drill down past all of the voices and everything that's going on, what's really at the center of this is as a people that are, that are saying, listen, our hope and our desire is that our dignity as humans, as those who are image bearers of God, is restored in ways that have been stolen through the sin of racism. This is what sin does. Sin steals our design and purpose. And if you drill past all of, even all of the debating and all of the, even lobbying, you know, barbs and all those kinds of things, it's just fundamentally a cry for reconciliation. And what God's saying is we don't regard people based on the flesh. We don't choose to see on the external. We're looking past that and we're going, every one of us image bearers of God. The church has the answer to this, even this moment. Paul even talks about, he actually says, listen, the way that we often will judge people on the externals or looking according to the flesh or often looking through the lens of even our own brokenness and sin. He says, Paul, he says, we used to do that with Jesus. We did the same thing with Jesus. Everybody looked at Jesus and said, listen, Jesus, you're a threat. Jesus, you're a, a blasphemer. You're a hater of God. I mean, Paul saw Christ as a sinner, a corrupter of the people. He was called a corrupter. He was called uh, unclean by the powers that be. Paul himself hated Christ so much in the way that he saw him that he, often, that he followed after to seek to kill his followers. Right? This, is, this is the brokenness of when we see based on the flesh it literally says there in the extension of verse 16, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, what we regard him thus no longer. The easiest thing in the world is to go about our day uh, looking at the external and not seeing what God declares as image bearers. Uh, what, you know, um, we had a home, but we were, we were looking, we were looking, uh, my wife and I, we had had a, a one child. We were in a two-bedroom home. It was time to try to find a little bit bigger home. We had a pregnancy. We had another baby coming. My daughter, Anna Grace, she was on her way. And it was time for us to find a little extra space. So we started looking at homes, and we found this home. And it was awful. It was an abject mess. It was so nasty. The house just was soiled to the nth degree. There were pizza boxes with food. out. They had literally fled overnight and the bank was about to foreclose on this house. The showers were rotted out. It was nasty. Uh, and and the, uh, the carpet was soiled with, with pet urine and all kinds of stuff. It, I mean, it was, there was paint that was just slathered on the walls. It wasn't even like a real paint. It was just, and I look, and I'm just going, this house is awful. And my wife is going, but it's got good bones, whatever that means. All right. I'm like, well, maybe it has good bones, but it's flesh is straight nast. All right. That's just what I'm feeling. And so, but Megan's feeling, and I'm just going, are, are you crazy? So listen, we do what healthy marriages do. All right. 
You sit down, husband and wife, and you start working through and talking through the issues, and then you do whatever the wife wants to do. This is how you work through it, right? This is a, just a little mini sermonette for how to make your marriage work, okay? But we worked through it, and she, she said, listen, trust me on this thing. And by the grace of God, she, and my wife has a tendency, whatever she touches, she makes beautiful. And we turned this house that was so disgusting and nasty into what was our home for a dec- more than a decade for our family. And it was so amazing. Listen, it's easy to look at all the things that are broken. And what Paul is saying, what the Holy Spirit would be saying to every one of us is, hey, it's time to stop seeing people the way everyone else is viewing them and to begin to see under the surface, to look past what feels like gross flesh and to see design, intent, that literally all our relationships are actually about and for this purpose. I want you to hear this. Our marriages and our children and our workplace and the people at the grocery store and the person that's cut you off on I-65, all of this is about ultimately helping see and become, see the work of reconciliation that God wants to do and become those who see restoration take place from us. We gotta step out, stop looking through fleshy eyes, right? If we look through greedy, fleshy eyes, we look at people and instead of being able to champion them and God's design, we go, I want what they have. Or we look with contempt and we go, I don't like what you look like. Or I don't like where you come from. Or I don't like your social status. Or I don't like your education levels. And we'll look and we have all kinds of judgment. And the Holy Spirit saying, hey, we don't regard people that way anymore. That's because that's not how I see. I see the intent from eternity past when I designed them. I want you to become a restorer to look past it. We're meant to play that role in whatever ways that God chooses. But let's not stay on the external. Let's go and begin to say, God, what is your intent and design? Because you carry a message. You carry a message. Every one of us carries a message. In fact, verse 20 says, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal from us. We are, we are, and we carry a message. So what's your message? Your message is this. God has repaired and restored me. Let me tell you, he can do the same for you. If you've ever wondered, what does it look like for me to do the work of the ministry of reconciliation or be a restorer, you carry a message that only you carry. And the story is this. God restored me. Here's how he worked in me. Let me tell you, the most safe thing on the planet is to tell people your story. No no one's looking at you when you're telling your story to shoot you down, right? This is not about having to worry about being the preacher man on the platform. This is you being able to be authentic with your story about the ways that God has restored you and made you whole, We're meant to do that, to shape that with other people, to help people see and understand. But then secondarily, the message is this. You are, and we declare the goodness of God over people. We declare what God sees in people. The things that may not even be there, 
we're ones who share that. We declare and say what is there, right? This is what God's at Romans chapter four. What did God do? He says, I got Abraham and I said, Abraham, you're gonna be the father of nations. And Abraham's going, God, you're crazy. I don't even have a kid. And he says, no, but I'm able to take things that are not and make them as they are. This is the creative power of God. It's what we get to carry as ministers, as restorers, is to be able to look at people and say, this is who you are. It might not even be there in the moment, but you declare. It's one of our favorite things to do uh, with our children. We'll look at our kids and just say, hey, you're a bringer of light. It's who you are. Are they bringers of light every day? Absolutely not. No, but neither am I, right? But we declare and we speak it over them. One of the roles that we get to play as ministers of reconciliation, as ambassadors, is on behalf of God, we're declaring what he says over people. This is what we are. It's what we're about. It's what our lives are for. There's nothing else more meaningful than getting to be the answer to the cry of people's heart. We get to declare the answer for the people to cry. And they're crying out for purpose and meaning to be able to declare and say and speak over them. This is who you are. And this is what you were made to be forever. I love that. You guys stand. We're just going to finish. You just begin to ask the Lord. We're going to ask the Lord this one thing. Lord, who might I bring the message of restoration and reconciliation to? In what ways can I be a blessing? Would you just ask him that? The Lord may just put someone in your mind or maybe it's a whole people group. Maybe it's a nation. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe there's someone that's living in your home, a son or a daughter or a grandchild. And we just want to declare, we're going to speak life, begin to speak life, not re regard them according to the flesh anymore. Just say, here's the worth and value that God has granted and given. We're just going to ask, we're just going to sing this, this chorus very briefly. As we sing this, would you say, Lord, would you make me a restorer? I don't want to lose this part of what you've designed me to be. I don't want to miss out on what it means to be an ambassador of God. All around me. As we sing this, would you ask him to do that? Make this word effective and true. Let's worship.